Chapter 4 Did Honey take it? Lila asked. I thought I saw her put it back on the dresser, Trish said. Well, it's not there now, Becca muttered unhappily. She was down on her hands and knees, searching the carpet around the dresser. Lila and Trish quickly joined in the search. It's not on the desk, Trish reported. Look under the desk. Maybe it fell, Lila suggested. I love that pin, Becca said, bending low to peer under the dresser. It's the only present Bill ever gave me, and it's my absolute favorite. And it's so stylish. Don't forget stylish, Trish choked, mocking Honey. Very funny, Becca said under her breath. She climbed to her feet. She stole it. Honey stole my pin, she cried, hands on her hips. She didn't steal it, Trish said, still searching, her head under the bed. She probably forgot she had it on. Yeah, I'm sure she didn't deliberately take it, Lila agreed. If I've lost that pin, I'll be so upset, Becca said heatedly, searching the top of the dresser again. Go ask Honey for it, Trish suggested, climbing to her feet, brushing herself off. It's probably still in her sweater. That tacky orange sweater, Lila commented, making a face. What was wrong with her sweater? I liked it, Trish replied. Honey looked like a pumpkin in it, Becca said absently, concentrating on her search. You redheads stick together, Lila accused Trish. Maybe you should be Honey's best friend. I'm going next door to get my pin back, Becca said. You two coming with me? What for? Trish asked. I'm going home, Lila said, glancing at her watch. Talk to you later. Trish and Lila disappeared down the stairs. Becca continued her search for a little while longer, but the pin definitely was not in the room. Glancing out the window, Becca saw that it had started to snow again. Big flakes drifted down slowly, rocking from side to side like white feathers as they fell. I'll run next door to ask Honey for my pin, Becca decided. She pulled her parka from the closet and was slipping into it when the phone rang. She made a dive for the phone extension on her desk, but she wasn't quick enough. It stopped after the first ring. Her mother must have answered it downstairs. Leaning against the desk, Becca waited with the parka on to see if the call was for her. Sure enough, a few seconds later, her mother called up from the bottom of the stairs. Becca, phone for you. Mrs. Norwood's voice revealed her disapproval. It's Bill. Why is he calling you, Becca? You know you're not allowed to see him. I know, Mom, Becca shouted down angrily. Spare me the lectures, okay? She picked up the phone, listened for her mother's retreating footsteps, then said hello to Bill. Bill, hey, how's it going? Hi, Becca, I'm okay. He sounded far away. There is a lot of interference. He must be calling from a payphone, Becca decided. Your mom didn't sound too friendly, he said. She was just surprised to hear you, Becca lied. She never liked me much. I think it's my pierced ear. She's used to that, Becca told him. Why are we talking about my mother? He chuckled. Beats me. She loved his voice. It was soft and smooth, musical. Hey, can you meet me tonight? Where? Becca realized she was whispering even though her mother was nowhere near. Meet me at the mall? I don't think so, Becca replied hesitantly, thinking hard. How come? Because of your mom? And my dad, Becca choked. Don't forget my dad. He doesn't like you either. So does that mean you'll meet me? Bill asked slyly. She loved his sense of humor. Even when things were going wrong for him and he found himself suspended from school and in deep trouble, he had still been able to make jokes about it. No, I'd better not, Becca whispered. I like to, but is that a yes? No, I mean, sneak out, he urged. Wait till they're asleep and sneak out. Bill, you know my parents stay up really late, Becca replied, shaking her head. Suddenly, she had an unpleasant thought. Mom, are you listening in on the extension? She asked loudly. She listened for the click of the downstairs phone being hung up, but there was none. I thought you are going to talk to your parents, Bill said, sounding hurt. You know, tell them what a good guy I am now. 
I'm going to, Becca said, feeling guilty. It just hasn't been the right time. And then she quickly added, I'm sure they'll understand. I'm sure they'll give you another chance, Bill. Yeah, sure, he muttered bitterly. Are you going to sneak out and meet me tonight or not, Becca? Becca hesitated. I don't think so. Not tonight, she decided. That's okay. I'm busy anyway, Bill joked. She laughed. Very funny. I am very funny, he insisted. Yeah, funny looking. Is that your idea of a joke? Becca heard her mother approaching the stairs. I've got to go. Bye, Bill. See you. She hung up quickly. She was halfway down the stairs, the heavy parka sailing out behind her when her mother appeared in the hall. What did Bill want? she asked, frowning. Just wanted to say hi, Becca replied, stopping a few steps before the floor. You know how your dad and I feel about him, Becca. Yeah, I know, but Bill is different now, Mom. He, especially after what happened to you, what you went through afterward. Mrs. Norwood got that faraway look in her pale blue eyes, the look she always got when she was recalling something bad that had happened. You were so hurt, so upset. Your father and I don't want to see you that upset again. Mom, Becca started, but restrained herself. Where are you going? It's almost dinner time, her mother said, noticing the parka. I'm not sneaking out to meet Bill, if that's what you mean, Becca replied shrilly. Becca! I'm just going next door. I'll be right back. Becca pushed past her mother and out the front door. She slammed the door behind her and stepped out into the snow. She raised her face to the sky. The cold snowflakes felt good on her hot cheeks. Sometimes her mother made her so mad. What business was it of hers if Becca wanted to go out with Bill? When is she going to stop interfering in my life? Becca cried aloud. When? she demanded of the sky. She got a snowflake on her tongue in reply. She lowered her head, pulling the parka hood low over her hair, and began to trudge across her snow-covered front yard to Honey's house. The house had been vacant for several months. Becca eased her way through the untrimmed hedge that divided the two yards. The tall weeds that had taken over the unmowed lawn poked up through the snow. It'll be good to have someone in the house, she thought. It was so creepy to see it standing empty like that. Approaching the front of the house, she stopped just past the snow-covered driveway and looked up at the house and gasped. Chapter 5 The house is still empty, Becca realized with a shudder. Honey had lied about moving next door. A gust of wind sent a curtain of powdery snow across the yard. The bare trees rattled and creaked, then resumed their silent watch over the house, the dark, still house. Becca stared from window to window, searching for a light, any sign of life. But the old house, snowdrifts pushed up against its dark shingles, icicles hanging from the low roof of the front stoop, appeared as empty and deserted as it had for months. How can this be? Becca said aloud. As she trudged up the unshoveled walk to the ice-covered front steps, she felt a shiver run down her back, a shiver of dread. There were footprints in the snow, but they were old, half filled in by the afternoon's snowfall. Becca slipped on the first step, but stopped herself from falling by grabbing onto the metal rail downspout by the stoop. Making her way more carefully, she crossed the small square stoop and pounded hard on the front door. Silence. Leaning off the stoop, she peeked into the living room window. Darkness inside. Were those cartons against the wall? Too dark to tell. She knocked again, tried the doorbell, but the button was frozen in place. Silence. Another wind gust tossed a swirl of powdery snow onto the stoop. Shivering, Becca turned away from the dark, empty house, carefully made her way down the frozen stairs, and started to jog home. Where is Honey? she wondered, questions swirling across her mind, like the flakes of snow being tossed by the wind. Why did she appear so suddenly and lie about moving in next door? Where is my parrot pin? 
There's got to be a logical explanation for this, right? Right? Did you see Mary Harwood when she came out of the supply closet with David Metcalf? She had a big purple spot on her neck. Lila shook her head and giggled. Becca stopped walking and gaped at her friend. You mean a hickey? Lila rolled her eyes. Mary said it was a mosquito bite. Isn't that lame? A mosquito bite in December? Both girls laughed and began walking again. It was a bright afternoon, the sun high in the sky, making the melting snow sparkle like silver. School had just let out, and they had decided to walk home. What's with Mary's mother? Becca asked, shifting her backpack from one shoulder to the other, then adjusting the hood of her parka. Doesn't she know what a tramp Mary is? She has no idea, Lila replied, an amused grin on her face. Mary's mom lives on some other planet. Billy Harper told Lisa Bloom that he was making out with Mary, Saturday afternoon on the couch in Mary's living room. Mary's mom walked up to them with a tray and asked if anyone wanted homemade fudge. This story made them both laugh gleefully. Wow, Becca exclaimed, and my mom monitors every phone call I get. Speaking of phone calls, said Lila, turning serious, did you hear from Bill again? Becca shook her head. No, he's probably angry with me because I wouldn't sneak out and meet him at the mall Saturday night. They crossed the street. Becca had to hurry to keep up with Lila's long strides. The blare of a car horn startled them both. They turned to see a station wagon rumble by, filled with kids they knew from school. It stopped in the middle of the intersection. The driver's window rolled down, and Ricky Shore poked his grinning head out. Want a ride? There's no room, Becca told him, pointing to the crowd jammed into the back of the wagon. You can sit on my lap, Ricky yelled. The car exploded with raucous laughter. I'd rather walk home barefoot, Becca shot back. She and Lila turned and continued on their way. The station wagon rumbled on. Ricky's friends think he's a riot, Becca muttered. Since when does he have friends? Since he began driving that station wagon to school, Becca replied. So, did you tell your parents you want to start seeing Bill again? Becca shook her head. I haven't been in the mood for World War III. Are you going to sneak out and see him? No. Maybe. I don't know. I can't decide. You sound pretty undecided, Lila said. She stopped to wave to a man and a woman in the yard across the street. The man was up on a ladder, stringing a row of Christmas lights along his roof edge. His wife was on the ground, helping to untangle them. The Andersons really get into Christmas, Lila said softly. Look at all those lights. Their house looks like one of those Las Vegas casinos. Can you imagine their electric bill? Well, at least I get to see Bill at Trisha's Christmas party, Becca said, sighing. He's coming? Yeah, who isn't? It's going to be a mob scene. Trish has invited everyone in the world. Did you buy a dress? Lila asked, kicking a clump of hardened snow along the walk. I got a great skirt, Becca said enthusiastically. It's really short and really silky. It's silver. I'm going to wear it over that black cat suit I bought at the mall. I can't wear a cat suit. I look like a broom, Lila complained. I can't believe you're unhappy about being tall, Becca told her. I would kill to be as tall as you. No, you wouldn't. Well, almost as tall as you. Both girls laughed. They said their goodbyes, promising to call each other. Becca watched Lila jog over the snow toward her house her long brown ponytail bobbing out from under her blue wool cap. Then Becca turned and headed for Fear Street, thinking about Bill and about Trisha's party. Anyone home? She called, stepping inside the kitchen and closing the door behind her. The kitchen was warm and smelled of cinnamon. There was no reply. Becca made her way through the back hall and started up the stairs to her room to get rid of her backpack. She stopped halfway up and listened. A voice upstairs, a voice from her room. Was it her mother? Who was she talking to? 
Becca climbed two more stairs and stopped. Hidden by the railing, she peered across the landing into her room. The door was open more than halfway. The lights were on. Becca could see a portion of her bed. Someone was moving around in there, chatting. Someone. Becca poked her face through the railing and watched. Honey! Staring across the dark hallway, Becca saw Honey deposit some clothes on Becca's bed. My clothes, Becca realized. What is going on here? Honey is in my room, taking clothes out of my closet. Honey disappeared from view. Becca heard her voice but couldn't make out what she was saying. When she reappeared, Becca recognized the skirt Honey was wearing. It was the silver skirt Becca had bought for Trisha's party. She's wearing my skirt? Becca gripped the rail tightly, frozen, staring in disbelief at what the rectangle of light revealed in the doorway to her bedroom. She's wearing my skirt. She was also wearing a silky blue top that Becca's parents had given her for her birthday. Once again, Honey stepped out of view. Becca could hear her opening dresser drawers now. What is she doing here? Why is she in my room, trying on my best clothes? And who, Becca wondered, is Honey talking to? Chapter 6 Honey! Becca burst into her bedroom, her heart pounding. Oh, hi! Honey stood up from the dresser drawer she had been bending over. A smile spread across her face. You're home! Becca gaped at her, speechless for a moment. Her eyes darted around the room. Honey, she saw, had removed most of the clothes from the closet and piled them on the bed. Uh, I didn't know, I mean, I didn't expect, Becca stammered, feeling her face grow red. Your mom said I could come up, Honey said casually. She turned and pushed the dresser drawers closed. My mom? She's home? No, I think she went out, Honey told her. Then who were you talking to? Becca demanded, stepping reluctantly to the bed. Huh? Honey stared at her, a bewildered expression on her face. She pushed back her disheveled pile of auburn hair. I heard you talking to someone, Becca insisted, turning to examine her nearly empty closet. No, not me, Honey replied, her smile returning. I'm all alone. But? Becca realized she was still holding her backpack. She let it slide to the floor and kicked it under the bed. Oh, Becca, I just love your clothes, Honey gushed. She swirled around in front of the mirror, admiring herself in a silver skirt and a silky blouse. You always had such great taste, even when we were little. You knew just what to buy. But, Honey, I don't believe this skirt, Honey exclaimed, not giving Becca a chance to get a word out. She spun around one more time, then walked over to Becca, stopping so close that Becca could smell the sweet chewing gum on her breath. Feeling awkward, Becca took a step back. I just bought that skirt. I haven't worn it yet, Becca said unhappily, hoping Honey would hear how irritated she was. Where did you get it? Honey chirped. Not at the mall. You couldn't have bought this skirt at one of those tacky shops at the mall. Where, Becca? You have to tell me. It's just so sexy. At a little shop in the old village. Peterman's, I think, Becca muttered. This can't be happening, Becca thought miserably. Honey didn't seem to be picking up any of Becca's signals. She made her way back to the mirror to admire the outfit. This top isn't exactly right. What else goes with this skirt? I don't know, Becca said. I'm going to wear the skirt to a Christmas party. Do you believe it? Honey cried happily. We're still the same size. I know I look bigger than you, but we're still the same size. We can still wear the same clothes, just like when we were kids. Really, Becca uttered. She didn't know how to reply. People always said we looked like twins, Honey gushed, holding up a denim jumper and checking it out in the dresser mirror. They did? We were always wearing each other's clothes, always trading everything, even our jeans, even our socks. It was so amazing, Honey declared almost rapturously. It got so we didn't know what was whose. We really were just like twins. How come I don't remember that, Becca asked herself. 
It seems to me I'd remember that if it were true. Honey seems so sincere. I don't think she's deliberately lying. Does she live in some kind of fantasy world? Do you like my hair up like this? Honey asked, bunching her thick auburn hair with both hands and piling it in a bun on top of her head. Yeah, it's okay, Becca replied without enthusiasm. You're not looking, Honey complained. Look, like this, or like this? She let go of the hair and let it fall loosely behind her shoulders. It might be nice if you tied it loosely and back and let it hang down, Becca suggested. You know, with a wide ribbon. You're right, Honey exclaimed happily. You're always right about things like that. You're just amazing, Becca. And she lunged across the room and gave Becca a long, heartfelt hug. Becca gasped. She could barely breathe. I can't believe we're going to be best friends again, Honey said, finally taking a step back. I'm so happy, Becca, aren't you? Yeah, Becca tried to sound enthusiastic. But having gotten over her astonishment at finding Honey in her room, Becca remembered she had some important questions to ask. Honey, I went next door to see you Saturday afternoon, she said, searching Honey's face as if looking for answers. But the house, it was totally dark and no one was there. The smile faded slowly from Honey's face. She pushed a strand of hair from her forehead. I know. My dad couldn't get the furnace to start up. It was freezing in that old house, so we had to leave. Here, I was so excited about moving into my new house, and Dad and I had to spend the weekend at a crummy motel. Oh, what a shame, Becca said, still studying Honey's face. Is it okay now? Yeah, the furnace guy finally came and we moved in, Honey said. But I had to go to school today, so I still haven't had time to unpack. Becca chewed her thumb nervously. Do I believe her or not, she asked herself. I guess I believe her. There really was no reason not to believe that story. It seemed perfectly logical. Do you have any ribbons? Honey asked, fiddling with her hair. I'd like to try tying it the way you suggested. I think I have some ribbons in my top drawer, Becca said, but they might not be the right color. Becca took a deep breath. She realized she suddenly felt very nervous. One more question. Uh-huh. Becca cleared her throat. Know that parrot pin, the enamel one you tried on? Did you accidentally wear it home on Saturday? Honey hesitated for a brief moment. Then, instead of answering, she reached out with both her large hands, grabbed Becca by the throat, and began to choke her. Chapter 7 Becca gaped as Honey's hands closed around her throat. Struggling to twist out of Honey's tight grasp, Becca felt her breath catch. She's strangling me. I can't breathe. Then, just as suddenly, the powerful hands let go. Bending over, her hands pressed against her knees. Becca sucked in a deep lungful of air, let it out, and sucked in another. When she looked up, Honey was laughing triumphantly. Gotcha, Honey cried. I gotcha that time. You, Becca tried to speak, but her throat was still choked and tight. You choked me, she managed to utter in a hoarse, strained voice. Honey's laugh was cut short. Hey, don't you remember our gotcha game? No, I, Becca coughed. She was panting, her chest rising up and down, her heart still thudding. We used to do the worst things to each other, Honey recalled, shaking her head. We always thought that gotcha game was a riot. You remember, don't you, Becca? Becca didn't reply. Still breathing hard, she made her way to the mirror. Leaning close, she examined her neck. It was bright red, the skin rubbed raw. You hurt me, Becca said angrily to Honey's reflection in the mirror. Honey's smile quickly faded. Her dark lips formed a pout. You forgot our gotcha game, she asked in a tiny voice, sounding hurt. Becca tenderly rubbed her neck. She searched the cluttered dressing table until she found a bottle of skin lotion. Her back to Honey, 
she carefully rubbed the white lotion onto her scarlet neck. We used to shock each other all the time, Honey continued. Remember that time in third grade when you pulled up my dress in front of that entire busload of Cub Scouts? That was the worst, the worst. I don't think I ever really paid you back for that one. Wow, that was funny. Fun times, huh, Becca? I don't remember any of that, Becca thought miserably. I really think she's making it all up. What's going on here? Listen, honey, Becca said, leaning on the dressing table to stop her hands from trembling. Did you accidentally take my parrot pin or not? Sure, I took it, honey replied without hesitating. But it wasn't an accident? Becca wheeled in surprise. Huh? What do you mean? Honey tossed a thick strand of hair behind her shoulders. You gave it to me, Becca, remember? Huh? Becca's mouth dropped open in disbelief. I what? You gave the pin to me, Honey insisted cheerily. No, I... It was very sweet of you, too, Honey said, a warm smile spreading across her face. No, Honey. Wait, Becca said, feeling her pulse throb against her temples. You asked to try to pin on, and... And then you said that since I liked it so much, I could keep it. Honey's smile faded. She stared at Becca now with a hurt expression, her full lips lowered into another pout. You did say I could keep it, Becca. But, Honey... Becca suddenly realized that Honey was really upset. Her shoulders were trembling and her lips were quivering. Ask your friends, Honey said defensively. Ask those two girls. They'll tell you. They saw you give it to me. Really? Becca couldn't decide what to do. Honey, she saw, was about to burst into hysterical tears. Becca didn't want that. She wanted her pin back, but she didn't want a big emotional scene. Most of all, she just wanted Honey to leave. You gave the pin to me, Honey said, softening her tone. And now it's my most special, special possession. I will always treasure it, Becca. Well, uh, I'm glad you like it so much, honey, Becca said weakly. Honey was grinning now. No sign that she had been about to cry or make an ugly scene. She plopped down on the bed on top of one of Becca's best blouses. Uh, would you help me put this stuff back in the closet? Becca asked, gathering up several pairs of jeans and slacks. Then maybe I can get you to go home so I can call Bill, she thought. Oh, sure! Honey popped up energetically. I didn't get to try everything on, but there'll be plenty of time for that, right? Yeah, sure, Becca replied absently, shoving the jeans onto their shelf, then returning to the bed for more clothing. Honey, meanwhile, was still standing by the side of the bed, making no move toward helping. Oh, look! I got a stain on your top, she said, holding the stain up close. What could that be? she asked, consternation on her face. I'd better go run some cold water on it? No, that's okay, Becca said quickly. Just leave it. I've worn it before anyway. It has to go in the wash. No, really, Honey insisted. She stopped in the doorway. Tell you what, I'll take it home and get the stain out. I'll wash it there and bring it back as good as new. No, really, Becca started to say, but Honey had her mind made up. As Becca returned her clothes to the closet, making several trips, Honey slipped out of the silver skirt and into her own faded jeans. This is so exciting, she exclaimed. Becca, hanging the skirt in her closet, didn't respond. I hope you're not mad at me for getting the seating assignments changed in homeroom so we can sit together, Honey called to her. She was back sitting on the bed. No, no problem, Becca replied blankly. Just like the old days, Honey said happily. You know, we can walk to school together every morning, just like we used to. Sometimes my dad drives me, Becca told her, pushing the dresser drawers shut. Great, Honey said. That'll be great. And when the weather's nice, I sometimes ride my bike, Becca said. It's good exercise. Yeah, I have to get a bike, Honey said thoughtfully. You'll have to let me check out yours so I'll know what kind to get. Where did you move to when you left Shadyside, Becca asked. Oh, upstate, 
Honey answered vaguely. What a drag that was. I didn't want to leave. Mainly, I didn't want to leave you, my best best friend. I can still remember that awful day so clearly, even though I was only nine. Can't you? Yeah, I guess, Becca replied uncomfortably. I don't even remember talking to her when I was nine. Remember the two of us sitting on the curb in front of my house, our arms around each other's shoulders, crying and crying, just crying our eyes out. Wow, that was awful, remember? Yeah, Becca said, avoiding Honey's stare. And remember that guy stopped his car and took our picture? He thought it was such a touching scene. He snapped our picture, and that made us cry even harder. Honey sighed and leaned back, supporting herself with her hands. It was the worst day of my life, Becca. It really was. Well, I guess I'd better get downstairs now, Becca said awkwardly, turning her gaze to the bedroom door. I haven't said hi to Mom, and... I told you, she went out, I think, Honey said, not budging from the bed. Well, I've got some chores to do, and... You want to come over and study tonight? Honey asked. She glanced down and began rubbing at the stain on the silky blue top. Uh, I can't tonight, Becca told her. Well, how about tomorrow night? Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I can't tomorrow night either, Becca said, telling the truth. I promised Lila I'd go over there and help her family decorate the tree. How nice, honey said coldly, lowering her eyes. Then a strange, thoughtful look crossed her face, and she added, You spend a lot of time with Lila, don't you? Yeah. Lila, Trish, and I are good buddies, Becca replied impatiently. I have some chores to do and stuff, honey, so... Honey pulled herself up from the bed. Okay, what a nice visit! She grinned at Becca as she made her way across the room. I feel as if I haven't been away a minute, although we have so much catching up to do. There's so much to talk about, so many things to share. Yeah, Becca replied awkwardly. See you first thing in the morning, Honey said, starting down the stairs. I'll see myself out. Bye! Becca stood frozen in place with her eyes closed, not moving, not even breathing. She didn't move until she heard the front door slam shut behind Honey. Then she took a deep breath, let it out slowly, and walked out to the stairway. Mom? Are you home? Mom? No reply. Honey was right, Becca decided. Mom went out. Good. I can talk to Bill without worrying, without Mom butting in. Becca hurried to her phone and punched in Bill's number. It rang twice before he picked up. What are you doing? Becca asked, whispering even though she was alone in the house. He chuckled. Would you believe homework? Bill should have graduated the previous spring, but because of his suspension and the fact that he had flunked most of his courses, this year was his second as a senior. This stuff makes a lot more sense a second time around, he said, only half choking. I may even pass. What are you doing? Becca sighed. That girl I told you about, honey, my new neighbor, she came over. I mean, she was here when I got home. You don't sound too thrilled, Bill commented. Well, honey comes on a little strong, Becca told him. She's okay, I guess. She just makes me nervous. What doesn't, Bill snickered. What's that supposed to mean, Becca snapped. Nothing. Just kidding. I mean, you're not the calmest person in the world, Becca. He quickly changed the subject to get himself out of trouble. Are you going to meet me Saturday night? Becca hesitated. I don't know. I really don't want to sneak out. But, Becca, I've always been honest with my parents, Bill. I'm not sure I want to start sneaking around behind their backs now. Then tell them you're meeting me, he urged. I want to. I just haven't found the right time. It seems... I'm not a serial killer, you know, Bill said heatedly. I got in a little trouble last year, but I'm totally straight now. I'm not going to corrupt the Norwood's precious daughter. And then he added playfully, well, maybe a little. I know, I know, Becca told him. It's just that... You don't know my parents. Well, 
I'd really like to see you Saturday night, Bill said curtly. Maybe I'll come over and really freak them out. Becca started to reply, but she heard her mother's car pull into the drive. I've got to go. See you in school, she said breathlessly and hung up, her heart pounding. She hurried downstairs to greet her mother. Mrs. Norwood made her way through the kitchen door, carrying two bulging grocery bags. It's so slushy out there, she complained, setting the bags down and bending to pull off her wet boots. I hate it when the snow gets old and starts to melt. She turned her attention to Becca. How are you? What are you doing? Homework? Not yet, Becca told her. I've been busy with honey. Honey? Mrs. Norwood started to unpack the groceries. Yeah, Becca said, moving to the counter to help. Why'd you let honey go up to my room? You know I hate people trying on my stuff. Huh? Becca's mom set down a bag of flour. What are you talking about, Becca? You didn't tell honey it was okay for her to wait in my room? How could I? Mrs. Norwood asked, staring at Becca. I haven't been home all afternoon.